next stop, the Super Bowl. Hell yeah, you know we on. We built to do this all night long. Who that? Who that say they gon' beat them Saints? They a lie. They can try, but in the don't we know they ain't. Let's go. We on the road. The next stop, the Super Bowl. Who that? And welcome back to Kenosha Chronicles podcast. I'm your host as always, Brendan Ertle. I'm alongside my guest co-host today, Chris Connor. Chris, what's up, bro? Man, a uh, pleasure to pleasure to be on here, and um, also great. You didn't call me OG this time, man. <laughs> the OG, he is the OG. <laughs> if you know, if you know Kenosha Chronicles, he's the OG. But today we have on a probably, no offense to you, Chris, a more special guest. Um, you will know his voice for sure. It is the new voice of the Saints, Mr. Mike Haas. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Looking forward to it. And uh, sounds great. You know, love, love, love doing these things. And so they've been, you know, very plentiful. I wasn't, you know, I hadn't done many podcasts prior to this position. So this has been a new world for me, but they've been really, they've been a blast, especially finding so many different fans. You know, I did a podcast earlier today in South Carolina. I mean, Saints fans are every Saints fans are everywhere, which we already knew, but uh, mm-hmm. it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I know you've made your rounds around the podcast world, but today we're going to start off a little bit different than what you kind of have in the past. Uh, today we had some maybe not some great news, and uh, you're the closest one with the team, with all of us. So give us a little bit of, of depth on what that suspension meant for David Onyemata, uh, yeah. what kind of they can do to replace him, and uh, just what your thoughts are for that. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, certainly not the news that this team needed uh, at this juncture. You know, I don't, I don't, you know, I saw his tweet uh, about it. I have not seen, is there, have they come up with a penalty aspect of this yet? Yeah, they made it six games. Six games. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I have not seen that uh, from this afternoon. So that's tough. I mean, you're already in a position that was kind of lean, mm-hmm. right? So, you, you know, you lose Malcolm and you lose Sheldon. And so, you know, you were strong on the edge, uh, but I was, you know, I had targeted kind of, you know, David as one of those guys uh, that was going to have to kind of step up really to kind of, you know, just because of the position, not because of anything else other than they lost two players. So, you know, six games, you know, out of 17, you know, maybe that is because it's a position of need, at least in some respects. Now, you know, Mickey and John might not say it's a position of need, but just mathematically, you might say it is a position of need. So, you know, maybe where they might have been looking for, you know, a DB linebacker wide, wide out, maybe it's, you know, with some of the money they have and see who becomes available. And the Saints aren't going to do anything that's not good in the long haul to satisfy a short-term situation. So, uh, I, you know, but maybe they do look at an interior lineman if somebody becomes available because, because of this. Yeah. And a name to watch out for is uh, Geno Atkins, his father played for the saints. So yeah. that could be a name as well. I'll pass it over to Chris. No, I mean, I, I think, I think, uh, you know, you guys hit, hit, hit everything on the, on the uh, head here. Um, it's one of those areas where you know you really, you really couldn't afford to have to have any type of injury suspension um, due to due to depth. Um, I will say though, one of the things that you know you would you would have to point at in the Saints' favor is that for in the past four years, uh, they've been hit with some type of adversity all across the roster, 
um, at a plethora of positions in which they've had to kind of hold things together for a certain period of time. Um, you know, I, I think that in sub packages, you know, they'll be, they'll be fine now having, you know, between Peyton Turner, Cam Jordan, Davenport, and, you know, and Grandison, you know, you have sets where you can move, where you can slide Cam inside, slide uh, Davenport inside. Um, but you're definitely going to need uh, someone other than, than Shy Tuttle, I know uh, Malcolm Rose, but you're going to need another, I would say, veteran presence or someone that you can count on to get you through these six games. But, you know, as um, as we know, at least with this team, I mean, from cornerback to quarterback, wide receiver, tight end. I mean, even, you know, we talked about it in a chat, Brendan, the 2019 game without Sheldon Rankins and David Onyemata, they ended up they ended up beating the Texans to uh, start the 2019 season. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, six games is a lot further than, you know, than that. But uh, hopefully between a roster addition or two, and just the way that they've been able to game plan and get through these situations, they'll be all right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about Mr. Mykos. Now we got him on the show. Um, we're entering a new kind of era of Saints football, feels like. New quarterback, new play-by-play -play guy. Um, we, If you've been to a Saints game, you've seen Mike on the big jumbotron, big, big screen, so you know the guy. How is it replacing uh, – it's kind of a similar situation like Drew. How is it replacing greats like Zach Streif and Jeremy Romig and guys like that just up in the booth? What's your mentality there? Well, you know, first of all, I, I, I watched Jim do it, Jim Henderson do it for, you know, 15 years, you know, watched him, what it takes to prepare for this job. So I knew, I knew about what it would take from a research and preparation standpoint. I mean, you know, the, and this is pre-internet, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you wanted information on, you know, Carl Granderson, you didn't just go, bup, 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 bup. you know, you had, there was, it was incredibly difficult. And so, you know, Jim was Jim. I mean, you cannot, you can't be Jim. Nobody can be Jim. Nobody can talk like Jim. Nobody, I don't know the words Jim uses. I never have. <laughs> so he's just got a certain style that you can never emulate. You can't emulate the hard work that he put in. And then so Zach comes along. Zach is entirely different. He and Jim look at the game entirely differently. Jim was a old school, you know, poster board offense, defense, Zach's technology. Zach's got a huge iPad. He's got monitors here, monitors here, a spotter with an iPad, a stat with an iPad. So, you know, it's a constant feed of, of information for Zach. And the difference for Zach, you know, we're both, you know, certainly starting out from a relatively new position, you know, from play by play. The difference for Zach is he was, the, what always was his challenge was vocal and the broadcast and that aspect. He would look at the play the formation, he'd know the play. I'm the exact opposite. I'm not so much worried about, you know, the broadcast aspect. I'm looking at the formation going, okay, who's where, who's doing what. So I think when you look at that combined, and both have been fantastic. Zach has been unbelievable in his support, uh, helping me with what he had and what he's done in the booth and the technology that he's brought in and certainly Jim as well. So you know, the beauty of it is I couldn't be either one of those guys if I wanted to. So it is what it is. You're going to get me uh, who've been, I've covered the team as a reporter. Then for about 13 years, I was a fan. I was a season ticket holder, still am. Uh, and so that's a whole different world. And then for the last, you know, three years, I've been an employee of the team, which is, again, is a whole different world. So I've seen it from a lot of different 
vantage points, which I think overall is good. No, maybe not individually, but overall, I've seen it from every, every which way. So hopefully that, that'll be helpful. So Mike, uh, one of the things I want to know is I, I, I read that, you know, you mentioned through your different, your different transitions and of course, in being a fan, you mentioned that, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's not much of a filter there with you, right? You know, you know, you, of course, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to say anything to disrespect the game. Um, but I mean, look, I mean, you being around a team, you know, how passionate this fan base is, um, <laughs> which I mean, can go in multiple directions. Uh, what I want to know is like, how do you, how do you balance that, that great enthusiasm you have for the game and the team um, with doing what's expected of you, you know, day to day? Like, how do you, how do you keep those emotions intact while still being unique, um, you know, and, you know, showing, I mean, everybody, of course, that you really care about this team um, and what you're being put tasked to do every day or every game? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. It's also, it's, it's, it's the challenge, right? So I think I'm not an objective observer here, right? I'm not the national broadcast guy. Right. I am the Saints play-by-play guy. Now, when I, you say that, so to me, I am inherently a fan. I want this team to win. And I want, but, and then the line becomes to me, fan, play-by-play, homer. I, mean, I, I can listen to a guy who's like, I knew I could listen to Zach and I could tell Zach was excited when the Saints were, I could tell when Jim was, and then you can listen to guys who are just homers and that's hard for me to listen to. And so I've always kind of felt like that to me is the differentiation. Like you can, you can do your job and be, they know that I'm, you know, that I want the Saints to do well, but not go beyond that invisible line, so to speak, that I have in my head of what I think a, a complete homer is, because I don't think even the diehard Saints fans want to listen to that all the time. You know, that's that's my that is my humble single opinion. <laughs> uh, so we'll, we'll see how it gets put to the test, because, you know, uh, had I been on the mic and, you know, in the Rams NFC championship game, I, I don't know. I don't know. what <laughs> I was on the field. I know I thank God I didn't have a mic on because I was on the field, but I was, I don't know. I mean, you know, I've listened to the, I've listened to, if you haven't, you know, look, go back and listen mm -hmm. to that call from Zach. I mean, you could hear it. You could hear mm -hmm. the vengeance in their voices. And this was, you know, in the moment and in the moment it was hard because you could look at different camera angles and in the moment you could say, but, but so, but they were, you could just hear it. Mm -hmm. So that's the key. That's what I want. I think, as, as, a, as a listener, that I want them to hear my emotion and my voice without crossing the line. Hear the excitement, hear the disappointment, feel it, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah, I think Zach did a great job in that situation. I think if a lot of other people were in that situation, I think it would have gone south really fast. Uh, right. But like, like you said, you, you, you've been in the news, you've been a fan, and now you'll be in the booth. Has this always been maybe your your pillar your top point your dream to become the play-by-play -play guy or did you want to go a different path or has it always been kind of your voice what what was your dream and have has your dream been achieved 
Yeah, well, the dream's been achieved. You know, I mean, when I get through that, when I when when the Baltimore game is over, let me say that when the <laughs> Baltimore game is over and we've got a hundred and eighty people on both rosters, when that game is over, the dream, as long as I'm still employed, will have been achieved. Uh, because yeah, when you get out of college, you know, you're a sports anchor. This is this dream. Now, I got out of college a long time ago, where there was no ESPN seven, no ESPN U, no classic, no, no. You had the local radio guy and then you had national guys espn was just started so you didn't have multiple opportunities so you kind of had to make a decision am i going to go like the television broadcast route or am i really going to try to do play by play and so i went you know with the television broadcast and then when i got to new orleans and i'd only been in television five four or five years at that point i was still i was 25 26 i was young and then i I get behind, I work with the great Jim Anderson, who was the sports director at Channel 4. I'm the weekend guy. Well, I'm going, well, guess what? I'm not getting this Saints play-by-play job here. If I want to go play-by-play, I'm going to have to leave town. And uh, I didn't want to do that. So literally, it kind of goes out of your mind for a long time, you know, thinking, all right, well, it didn't happen. And then when I came up in 2018 and went through the process, worked with Deuce, who's amazing and, you know, got into the process, but certainly very supportive and of the, of the hire of Zach. In fact, I told radio, I said, I'd hire, I'd hire Zach. He checked all the boxes. Uh, and so then you're like, well, now it's over. You know, you, at my age, where I am in my career, you get one bite at the apple, two. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's unheard of. It is unheard of. So Mike, um, Alone, this process, um, and and uh, and another another article I I read that in preparation you mentioned that it's going to be a lot of games called in the closet, right? And you know I I get that because you know you um you know you have you're gonna have to find different ways to prepare, and you know and like you mentioned, you know I like the emphasis that you're putting on you know until the end of the Baltimore game because you know you know that you know, it's not going to be, it's not going to be perfect out the, out the stretch. You and Deuce are going to, you know, are going to find ways to build chemistry. It's, you know, going to build it. You're going to build it as you go. But what I'm curious to know is that, like, are there any silly moments in this, in this process that, as you try to uh, prepare? Is there anything unorthodox? Cause I mean, like, are you, are you doing play by play? Like when you're in a car, like for traffic or when dinner's being made, like, you, you know, is there, is there anything outside of the box that you're kind of doing that one way or another is, you know, help and prepare you mentally for, uh, you know, your new role? Well, the, the, yes, both. And so what I'm really, what I'm doing, you can't, you know, until there's live, you know, live ammunition coming at you, it's hard to really prepare for this job. So what I've done on the front end is I'm listening to Zach and Deuce at all of their radio games, Zach and Deuce. And I'm not trying to emulate, I'm just trying to listen for cadence, bounce, you know, time, and believe me, it's fast. It's rapid. There's not, there's a finite amount of time where I speak and then shut the hell up so we can hear what Deuce has to say about the play, right? Yeah. That's my job. Stay the play, shut the hell up, let Deuce analyze. So that aspect I'm good with because it does go fast. And then, yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm, I'm doing play-by-play in my head. I did play-by-play when they had the match, golf tournament on, on a couple weeks ago. I was doing that. I'm doing play-by-play in cars. I'm doing play-by-play in the kitchen. I'm just kind of in, in my head, just kind of, you know, just describing it. Because that's the job. Paint the picture. What's happening? You can practice anywhere. But more importantly, I'm just listening to, to Zach and Deuce 
because they they had chemistry automatically. They're friends, right? And so, but even still, they would tell you year three from year one was a mile apart just because they were trying to figure out their role. And, and so, you know, my role will be to get out of the way as quick as possible uh, to, to let Deuce uh, analyze. Cause I'm, you know, Deuce is the best. He, no one emulates this football team and this city and his heart and, and courage than Deuce. And so, you know, he works hard. He's a very humble guy. And so, I'm looking forward to that. I'm, I'm looking forward to spending some time with them. And, and you're right, but it doesn't, you know, if anybody tunes into that Baltimore game thinking that they're going to hear the finished product, <laughs> they're not. It will, it, it, it has to happen organically. It has to happen over time. And, I, and I'm quite positive it will. Yeah, I'll, I'll add, uh, you obviously watched uh, Deuce McAllister play, such a great player. How cool is it to, to now be his teammate, not just be a fan? You, you're his teammate. How does that feel? It's great. You know, he's, deuces, I mean, he's such a humble guy. You don't really, you don't get this air like you're, you're in this room, you know, I mean, you're right. I mean, he set every record there was at Ole Miss, you know, leading rusher still for this football team, uh, you know, and, and really only injuries kind of, kind of slowed him down, but you know, he became, he's like, like most people, he's a member of the community, lives here, raising his family here. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I want to, I want to play some golf with him, you know, before the, before the season somehow get, get Zach and him together. Just, I think, you know, just get to know him a little better, get to, to let, let him get to know me a little better. We've known each other from more of a work side. Uh, and so that will happen. I mean, we're, we're going to spend a lot of time, a lot of time in training camp together. And so, you know, that'll be, that'll be our camp as well. Uh, just doing daily updates and working with each other. And so, uh, I guess I thought this was strange when I said it the first time, and it's still strange that I'm looking forward to training camp because I did it for decades, <laughs> and and, uh, and it's not you know it's not what it cracked what everyone thinks it might be, but it's uh, I am looking forward to it this year. Brendan, uh, well, I'll wrap us up. This last question I have: um, Have you allowed yourself to maybe dream of calling a Saint Super Bowl? And if you haven't gone that far yet, have you kind of gone through situations of um, calling your first touchdown pass? If it's Jameis, is it Taysom? Have you gone through those steps and have you thought about that first touchdown, that first Super Bowl, all the, all things like that? Not, you know, the Super Bowl, you know, gosh, I, you know, I, I think first of all, I think automatically this is still a good football team. I don't buy any of the, the pundits to say, I mean, we, we lost Drew. You know, we lost the best player the NFL has ever seen as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you don't replace him, but I still think it's a good football team. I think it's a playoff football team. And so we, the expectations are, are, this team is under the radar. This team hasn't been under the radar that I, since I can remember. And I know Sean loves that. We don't have any idea what this offense is going to look like, but neither do the other 31 teams. They have no idea what this offense is going to look like. So I think it's a good football team. I think they're brilliantly coached and they have great players. And so that aspect, who knows, Super Bowl, we, gosh, we should have been there three of the last four years, as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. So that being said, the touchdown thing, people ask me, if you, you know, do you have a catchphrase? And, and really the, the catchphrase type stuff doesn't, doesn't really happen around the touchdown. I mean, you think about it, even Zach and Jim, they're touchdown saints, saints touchdown. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's really other places where it weaves in. I mean, Jim's greatest stuff was, you know, pigs fly, hell's frozen over <laughs> after yeah. a kick. 
mean, my favorite one, one of them from Jim was the Hakeem dropped the ball mm-hmm. because that we didn't, you know, when Garrett Hartley was setting up, there's a timeout, everybody's got time, you know, what might say, well, blah, 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 but the Hakeem dropped the ball. Guess what? I didn't think he was going to drop the ball. I thought the Rams were going to win the game. Mm-hmm. So that time. was just pure, oh my gosh. And so, you know, I, I don't think you can, if you, if I, we, I talked about this the other day, if you, tr- if I wrote down five things that I think would be cool and funny that I said after a touchdown, they would sound horrific. <laughs> they would sound so terrible and so canned. And so like that people go, really, that's what you picked? You know what I mean? <laughs> so I just think it has to, I think it has to come. I don't know if it's really on a touchdown. I just think it has to, it has to happen organically and has to happen with, with the emotion of the moment. I mean, I'll say stuff. I believe me, I'll, I will invent words. There will, there will be words you go, wait, is that a word? <laughs> you know, so who knows, but it'll, it, it, it'll, it'll come from the heart. It'll be, it'll come from emo- emotion. It won't come from something I've written down ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate you coming on. We're all super, super excited to listen to you. A kind of a new era of Saints football. We're all looking forward to it. We really appreciate the time and we will stay in touch. I appreciate it. Love, love the website. Use it all the time. And so, uh, you know, you guys keep up the good work and hope to do it again. Awesome. Good luck this season and we'll see you soon. All right. All right see you, Chris. Pleasure, Mike. Let's go. Let's go. We on-